Alright, what's up everybody? We're jumping into this one hot. I am Wukash or Wu, and with me is my co-host Louis. Hello. What's up, Louis? Uh, and our guest today is Mitch Myers, an art director, motion designer, and CIA operative. I mean, entrepreneur. <laughs> definitely, Dude, definitely entrepreneur. I wish. <laughs> I wish I was a CIA operative. Who knows the difference? These so things. dope. I know, right? <laughs> I guess I could be if I wanted to. How you doing, Mitch? Doing awesome, guys. How are you? Good, good. Very good. All right. So uh, we kind of have an ongoing joke. Uh, I feel like most of my friends that are in design or motion design or whatever you know design world uh they're either one when they were a kid they played uh extreme sports or <laughs> they were in a band so want to yeah. confirm were <laughs> either of those true yeah it was in a band which is hilarious like, that, <laughs> i knew it seemed true knew it, it does seem true it's crazy <laughs> but yeah um i play music before i got into the whole motion design uh visual effects type world that i'm in now um and yeah that's kind of what got me started in this anyway just because uh, i started doing um like merch design and things like that yes. while i was on the roads because i was bored all the time and um and that kind of just morphed into jumping into cinema 4d whenever i uh, got out of that world and then that turned into after effects and those kind of molded together and then i found out i could make money from it and it kind of just piled up from there i didn't really realize this was a, a job that I could have whenever I was, um, I guess, getting into the world without knowing I was stepping foot into it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I when I whenever I had that epiphany, I was I was like, man, this is this is probably the career I should take. This is super fun, and there's tons of routes I can take with it. And it's it's yeah, it's it's like really amazing opportunities come from this this type of work. Yeah, what kind of music was it? Uh, it was. Uh, I guess you call it metalcore. Um, so we were on the, like the heavier side of things, but we we uh, we weren't considered death metal. I I wouldn't say. Nice man, nice nice, cool. Yeah, it was fun. So that that's actually another thing that I find very common with with our like industry is that people tend to, and I don't know if this is because it's such a new industry, but people kind of like fall into their position. They're like, well, I didn't really plan for this, but it kind of just happened. So I also find that kind of interesting. And I wonder if it is just because it's it's such a new industry, like even like motion design wasn't really a thing until like, I don't know, I would say like 80s, 90s, maybe. And even then it was like, you know, not very mature. There wasn't a lot of like literature on it. It was just people kind of just doing it in the background. And like you had to know somebody to kind of like learn that stuff, you know. So it's, it's also kind of like an interesting thing. Um, I, I definitely I fell into I'm not a motion designer. I'm a sort of a more of a web designer, I guess. Uh, I fell into this as well. In fact, I turned up to my first day of university, not even knowing what I was going to be studying. And it just <laughs> happened. I just happened to find that there was a module on sort of graphic web design. I thought, hey, I actually like this. And then I got an internship somewhere. Before I knew it, I was working in a job. And yeah, if, that, if totally. that hadn't have happened, if that hadn't have happened, who knows where the hell I would have been. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's I kind remember of crazy actually, to... um, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, I don't even know if I would have even still known what motion design was if I wouldn't have started playing music and then went into like merch design for fun and then kind of got a glimpse into that world because of the kind of 
things I was doing subconsciously, I guess, and the steps I were taking um, towards that. It was, it was, I don't even know, like, what I would be doing right now either. Like, <laughs> I, I would probably be, like, sitting there just playing guitar by myself. <laughs> Sometimes I think about, like, the depressing alternative of not doing art. I'm like, man, if I didn't do art, what would I be doing? And it kind of, like, makes me sad just to think about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just being a, uh, a one-man death metal band. <laughs> there you go. Let's <laughs> get a drum machine, get some uh, metal vocals. Old hair metal dude. <laughs> <laughs> Most excellent. All right, so so Mitch, you're an art director, motion designer, and uh, like I said earlier, uh, you're an entrepreneur as well. Can you talk about a little bit of each one of those? Because I think it's a very interesting mix to um, the, the entrepreneur side, definitely. Uh, I want to hear about that and kind of curious what, what you do on that side of it. Um, but also the art direction and the motion direction. It feels like a lot of people, you know, start out a little bit lower. Um, they do some of like the, the more grunt work, you know, and then they kind of work their way up and then eventually move, move into like an art director, creative director, or, you know, whatever those uh, positions are that they're kind of working up to. Could, but can you talk a little bit about those uh, three and how they kind of pertain to you? Yeah, totally. Um, so, Motion design was what I just started out in, and I knew that, at least at the time when I started, I wanted to be in the agency world just because from looking on the outside in, that is what felt more natural to me or felt what would be best for my career um, at the time anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew I wanted to kind of like uh, not be a motion designer my whole life in the agency world. I wanted to move up in the ranks and, and possibly do art direction or career direction. I didn't know at the time. Um, and so when I was in the agencies, um, and doing that thing for a little while, um, I kind of started to, to feel like, um, an art director position, um, suited me better than a creative director, just, just from who I am as a person and how I manage things, um, and what I like to do on my free time anyway, what makes me happiest. So I was like, I'll probably do an art director kind of thing and I'll, I'll try to move in that direction. Um, and then when the agency thing wasn't really feeling right and it, it just wasn't really vibing with the way I wanted to kind of live my life um, at the time I am I am now, I decided to go freelance. Um, and I felt like it was a perfect time to kind of stretch my wings as an art director too um, and see what kind of, kind of gigs I can get with that. And that's um, been most of my stuff, um, especially this year, has been art direction. Um, with um, motion design and things like that kind of like sporadically here and there. The entrepreneurial side, um, that was just me once I jumped into freelance, um, realizing I had the freedom to kind of do whatever I whatever I felt like doing, um, whatever made me happiest. And um, just, just creating new things and selling it is <laughs> very um, enticing to me. I just like enjoy the kind of art of figuring out what people like and trying to um, make what they like. Um, and so th that also kind of expanded into um, helping my wife start her business and she has a, her own salon um, that she does. Um, we've done e-commerce businesses, things like that. So yeah, it's just kind of like expanded into um, figuring out what makes us happy and then seeing if that's something that's like a viable way to make money. And if it is, then seeing if it's worth our time. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'll 
So this is probably a question for both of you, actually. But as, as I sort of progress to a more senior level in my career and get a bit more hands-off on the day-to-day using tools and actually designing stuff, how do you how do you manage the balance between being more of a director of the ideas and actually being hands-on and, and managing the, the motion itself? So uh, balancing the hands-on and the uh, art direction thing? Yeah, so how, as a someone who's shifting more towards the backseat, this is where this is the direction we're going to be going. Do you miss the day-to-day motion side of it, or do you think that's a, the balance that you've sort of got quite right? Yeah, I mean, that's hard. Um, it's really hard not to put my hands on something. Um, and it's, it's, it's been like a, it's been a learning curve of, of learning to let go of, of things and just kind of learning to trust people with your ideas. Um, and, and so I, t- I try to take as much motion design work as I possibly can. Let's say that because that gives me the ability to kind of still itch that scratch a little bit. And then whenever the, uh, um, the direction side comes along, I can kind of handle it a little bit easier, um, and kind of be in that, that mindset of, of, of direction and directing. Do you think you can separate the two or do you always sort of try and merge them a little bit? I'm, I'm never really separating the two because even when I'm directing, I'm doing stuff on my end on what I think I would do and yeah. stuff like that. So it's either way, I'm probably sending like project files and things like that to be like, you know, this is where I want you to start um, and things like that. So, so yeah, it's, I'm always, I always have my hands in it in some way just because I, I haven't got to the point to where I'm either over it. I don't even want to touch it anymore or, or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll just wait for that moment. Very cool. All right. So you're from St. Louis, Missouri. I've actually driven through there before, but I never got a chance to stop by. So I was kind of curious a little bit about your city and like, if there's like an active art scene or like how you even got into like what you do, like does the, the place that you live, does that inspire you? Or are you more inspired by like the internet? Yeah. I mean like this, it's a really tight city to live in. It's small. It's not like Chicago or anything like that. It's pretty compact. There's, there's a little bit of an art scene, a little bit of a music scene, but nothing's super insane here. It's pretty chill. Um, so, I mean, I'm not really – I'm kind of consider myself just working in my home office <laughs> more than, like, working in a specific city. The city really doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have any, like, uh, local clients. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm always working – um, you know, either on the coast or overseas somewhere, stuff like that. Sure. So it, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a city <laughs> with yeah. food. So that's, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right do you, on. do you find that you're having to work on different schedules then if you're working with overseas clients? Oh man, all the time. Um, <laughs> is that a struggle? It becomes a, a bit of a struggle, at least at first, because I wasn't really used to that situation. Um, because I've been in that nine to five situations with uh, the agencies in the past with the salary gigs. Um, but since my wife is um, her own business owner as well, we always, we have the, that flexible schedule. We never really, um, you know, have like that nine to five mentality anymore. So it's, it's much easier for me to be like, okay, I need to go to bed at this certain time. So I can wake up, you know, 
really early so I can be on time for this client call or whatever. Like, it's not really an issue anymore because everything is so flexible now for us. Um, but yeah, definitely in the beginning, it was it was kind of it was really weird because I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna pull this? I'm gonna be tired forever. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it just kind of ended up working out, and I was able to make it happen. And yeah, it's easy now. Right on, right on. So is that some? Did you grow up there then? Uh, no, I grew up in Missouri. Um, it's I grew up in a place called Osage Beach, Missouri. It's like central Missouri. Uh, there's like a huge man-made lake because of a big like dam. Um, so there's like a bunch of like water sports um, and stuff like that. So I, that's what I, I grew up doing. And then I moved to North Carolina to do the music thing. I lived in a studio actually for like a year when I first moved to North Carolina. Um, and that's how I got into the, the band I was in. Um, so yeah, I was, I was always kind of like moving around. <laughs> and so St. Louis was kind of the, the best home base for me so I could be close to my family again, um, but still have kind of like the city vibe with more people to interact with too. So some other stuff that I was looking at too on your portfolio is you worked for uh, Tiesto and Glitch Mob and done some work for them. And it's super cool because Glitch Mob was actually one of my favorite bands when I was growing up. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about those great. projects? Yeah, uh, the Glitch Mob thing was super cool. Um, uh, the uh, creative director that works with the Glitch Mob um, contacted me um, and wanted me to jump on the project. They started off doing some 3D scans of the dude's faces and they knew they wanted to do kind of like this cool sculpture thing. And they had mm-hmm. kind of like a rough mock-up on how that sculpture should look, um, things like that. So we kind of started in a good place. Um, and we went through revisions after revisions on just lighting and materials, uh, like camera setups, stuff that feel like tons of just minute things, which is really cool because when I'm when I'm doing motion design work, usually you can't really get that granular with it because you have this huge, you know, like minute long thing or whatever it may be. But since sure. we we're just working on um, a CD cover and just like the core design of of the release, then we can really focus on just almost the dumbest things <laughs> to make it <laughs> yeah. really good. Um, and so that was that was probably the funnest thing about it for me is trying to dive into it and and make it as I guess as overly polished as possible because I haven't really got the time to do that before. Um, but yeah, do you so... think that um, that was the benefit of having a budget? That they obviously had the time to take all this into consideration and could pay you for that, or is it just because you really pushed it through? Definitely. I mean, I think uh, it was a little bit of they gave me a really good base to start with, so we already had. Um, kind of a, a good idea on what needed to happen as far as the build so we could focus on um, just the lighting and color and all that stuff and so I had time to do that because of the work they did on the front end and then the the creative director that I worked with he was a really dope dude I can't remember his name right now um, but he he was really cool with working with me and just being super um, back and forth with me and we we contacted on on whatsapp so we were always in contact instantly and so it was a really quick back and forth non-stop between me and him so it gave me a lot of time to dive into cinema 40 and do what i had to do and not really wait for contact either that sounds like quite a relief from how most project communication is handled 
Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny when I look at your work, that's that's the one thing that I feel like kind of stands out and shines about your work is your your attention to details. So I could totally see you kind of like shining in that style of project where you're kind of like focusing on these like little itty bitty tiny like details that you want to do in like all these motion design, you know, projects where like realistically it's just there's not enough time in a day to be able to do, you know, like all the little tiny like pushes and and pulls of pixels and stuff like that too. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was fun. I never get the, the opportunity to do stuff like that usually. Um, so as those projects come in, like the glitch mob where it was just like print, um, that's always fun. I'm always down to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So your work is also up on the, uh, the after effects splash screen. How cool does that feel to see that every time you blast open after effects? Yeah, it was cool for a while, man. I have updated, so I don't get to see it anymore. But oh no, <laughs> did they change yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they just came out with an update. Like I think it was earlier. Um, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, something like that. Oh man, I'm behind. But yeah, them. like <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was awesome. Um, especially working with um, uh, Jr. Like that was that was so cool. Jorge, um, he's a really cool dude. I followed him before. Um, I really had any, any sort of job in this industry. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So like just knowing that I was going to be working with him and stuff like that was just kind of cool. I was really excited before, before I even had anything in front of me just to kind of get in the, get in the programs with him and see what kind of ideas we can work out together. And it just, I don't know, it was a really smooth process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting. I, I wasn't expecting you guys to gel as well as you did because you're very different styles and the fact that you guys like came together on something that was like super badass was really impressive to me so i was like that's that's got to be hard it was interesting so adobe came to um at least the email they sent to me initially they wanted to do something to where they were figuring out um what kind of artists that were in complete contrast almost would be like an interesting mix um, and that's why oh. they they chose both of us to to jump on the project together. Sure. And so it was really easy. We only had one Skype call initially, um, me and mm -hmm. Jorge, and um, we kind of had these ideas where you know I I wanted to do like really cinematic volumetrics and lights and all this cool stuff and. He wanted to um, take these, he had these really cool ideas to take these elements from After Effects, all the, the UI elements and things like that, and make them in this cool geometric shape. And I was like, well, that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> the most badass thing together. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. And so the first idea we had, we were like, perfect, let's let's make it happen. And he, he uh, made this cool geometric design that we first started out with. I threw it into cinema, started making the scene around it and lighting and stuff like that and send them the first pass and we're like sweet let's just keep working on this and making it cooler and that's basically all we did from the very beginning yeah yeah very cool very cool it's a really uh, nice way of looking at design as sort of more of a paired designing partnership i know that that works a lot with engineers but i've never heard mm -hmm. of it from a design uh situation i think it feels like quite a nice way to approach a problem yeah it was cool i think both of us are really open-minded and had really no idea um, really no expectation going into it. So when we kind of had our ideas pop up in our minds, we were totally open to whatever may come from it. So we weren't really sitting there focusing on tearing any ideas apart or 
even making a list or anything like that. We were just like, what's a cool idea or cool visual in your head and let's like make it. And yeah, it just turned out awesome. I think we were just very free flowing with it. Cool. So the first time that I actually saw your work before was when I was trying to look up some tutorials on Octane. And then all of a sudden I came across these crazy tutorials that were like so in depth and they were like, so the, like the thing with most tutorials is like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like very like mid to low level like skill, I would feel like, like at least in the execution, like they might know the program really well, but like mm. your stuff was like, it had everything. Like when I looked at it, I was like, whoa, I can't believe this dude's giving this stuff away. I feel like this is like cinematic, <laughs> like Hollywood level, like tutorials and you're doing it for free. And so I thought that that was super cool. Like what made you decide to, to share stuff at that level with people? Because a lot of people kind of like hoard that stuff. They don't really share it. And so I'm kind of interested in your thought process behind that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was two things. Uh, one was definitely that I didn't really have a choice because um, I knew I didn't have the time to cut anything. I knew I wanted to do some sort of tutorial or give something to the community besides like plugins and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to cut this thing. And I, I didn't have even like a mic or anything like that at the time. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna have any audio. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna not be so great. Um, <laughs> and, and so I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna do like a screen capture. And I'm, I used to do um, a lot of my just fun renders and things like that while I was at an agency and on my lunch break, because that's the only time I had because um, after, after getting home from work, I was always doing like personal project things to kind of bump up my reel and possibly mm -hmm. do something else, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was definitely that where I was like just being lazy with it. And I was just like, I'm just going to give them everything. They're just going to get a screen capture or whatever I make and hopefully they can learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just being kind of open to not really caring about if there are any like quote unquote secrets or whatever in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I just, I just, you know, just decided to put something out there and see what came of it. And people, some people like really, I think learned from it and that's, that's super dope. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen any returns from this work, whether it's financial or just from a sort of networking point of view? Oh dude, totally. Um, I think, all the the extra work that I did while I was at the agency on my own time, just trying to do the things that I wanted to do. Because I, I, when I was at these agencies, I wasn't doing the type of work that I wanted. Um, and so I had to just take the time on my free time to make the, the you know, make up a project basically and, and make it how I would make it. Um, and then put that on my reel and hopefully someone will like it. And that kind of has grown into the website that I have today and the work that's on my, um, the face of my website. I think all of that has come from the type of extra work that I was doing in the very beginning to kind of grow the foundation of what I have now. Um, so yeah, man, like the, the extra time is, has really helped with everything. Uh, I've got a lot of contacts, a lot of networking, a lot of, a lot of everything has come from just putting the extra time into it. Is that ultimately what you think led to you creating your store? Um, that's a good question. I, I think it wasn't really my store being the reason that, well, I guess it's twofold too. Um, the entrepreneurial side just coming through, I think is part of that. Um, 
seeing other people create light kits uh, and then things like that, like especially grayscale, like everyone mentions grayscale gorilla, you know, because yeah. that's like everyone's start. They were like there from the beginning with helping people in the community. So like, yeah, it, it was mostly just because I wanted to do the, the things that the people that I saw were helping me in the beginning of my career, the, what they were doing. And it kind of grew from there. Um, and I started getting my own kind of inspiration for it and taking it the direction that I felt I should take it. Great. I think that's a really good point for us to finish up the, the first section. Cool. Um, and diving into section two, we just sort of like to talk a bit more about you as a freelancer and what the trials and tribulations you've faced as a professional who sort of run, run it by themselves. And if you could dive in first by maybe just telling us a few situations where things haven't gone so well because obviously we're forced to only share the positives but there are obviously negative things that when you're sort of starting out as a freelancer dude totally there's been there's been a lot of weird things in the beginning of freelancing just because when you jump into it there's so many things that you're not aware of even even when you talk to the people that are freelancing at the time and try to get tips and tricks from them or whatever uh, like there's always stuff that you don't really think is going to happen and then it does so i guess um man there's there's been uh just it's been from me just not knowing uh, a certain thing is an issue and it becoming an issue um and then to a client just being like really crappy you know <laughs> yep. it's, yeah it ranges from like that but I, I i guess one of the the biggest things that happened that was in the very beginning of my freelance career. Um, and so I got, so I was working with this, this rather large client, um, this agency, uh, as a freelancer and, um, their HR department ended up screwing up the, um, the auto pay into my account and they were paying me like two or three months after the project ended. And I had no idea. Yeah. I was on another project oh, at the time, and I wasn't even focusing on my bank account or anything. <laughs> so I got an email from them asking me to check. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so oh, I had no. to like, transfer all this money back over to them and stuff. And so like things like that where it's like I would have never expected something like that to be ever an issue in my freelance career and then like almost the very beginning like what the heck was that <laughs> Free money. yeah so yeah things I, were weird I I would have kept quiet definitely <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay, I'm out Peace. sweet extra cash going to Switzerland <laughs> uh freelancing generally I think that whenever I've done it I've I've never done it as a full-time thing, but even as sort of side projects, I've always felt a little bit lonely. Do you think that that is something that's very real for you, or have you sort of pushed pushed through and found it of more of a drive? Oh man, it's it's still something I'm like trying to push through. I'm a pretty active person and I'm pretty extroverted, and so like being a person that works in his home office now and is almost always home. Uh, it's it's very weird because I'm used to at least being at an agency where I have at least a small group of people to interact with and kind of do my thing with. And now it's 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 different. Uh, and so it's taken um, a little bit of life altering kind of decisions to to maintain my mindset um, and still work in a different environment that I'm working in now. 
Um, so like the, the community that is around motion design is like, it's a super tight community. It's really cool. It's easy to like talk to people and, and that's helped a little bit too. Um, and then just trying to, I don't know, just maintain awareness of how I'm feeling and, uh, kind mm -hmm. of overworking myself or, or not stepping out as often as I, as, as I should. And it's just, it's a, it's a constant kind of like battle to kind of grow that awareness, but you know eventually I'll get to the point to where it's, it's much easier. Um, yeah. Who knows? I might have my you know own what? Like, brick and mortar place in the future. I don't know. <laughs> oh, right fingers crossed. Yeah. You touched on a really, uh, pertinent point for me then is that whenever I work from home, even in my, so I work full time, but whenever I work from home, I always find myself working longer hours. And I think that is just because I never know when I've started and when I'm supposed to be switching off and just cause it's so accessible. Mm -hmm. so do, do you, do you sit, sort of find yourself working 12 hours a day just because you can? Yeah, it's, I'm almost working constantly <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, it's not even all in motion design. I like, I got all those other things that I want to do or that I'm doing already and I have to keep up. Um, and so I'm all, when I'm not doing motion design or not, and when I'm not working with clients, I'm, you know, sitting in bed with my wife watching the office and I'm on my laptop and I'm, you know, work on other projects that I'm doing that have nothing to do with art or motion design and stuff like that. So mm. I almost give myself more work than what I need, but I don't, I'm just like an active person and it almost helps my mindset to always be aware of kind of my goal and kind of focused on something and stuff like that. Otherwise my, my brain talks to me too much and I focus on like <laughs> the wrong things and yeah. Things get messed up, so it's it's better when I'm busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I feel the same way. I have to be like going, going, going all the time. My girlfriend like hates it because I can't sit down and watch a movie. I have to be like working while I'm watching the movie. It drives her crazy. Same. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing too that I'm kind of interest uh, interested in hearing from you is what your uh, what your definition or like what you think the responsibilities of an art director and a motion designer are. I know those are very broad, but I feel like everybody kind of has like a different def definition of that, especially motion designer. That one we could probably go on for days, but maybe more on the art direction side. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can think of it as a uh, motion designer would be the builder and the art director would be the architect. Uh, if you can think of it like that. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the architect is the one that comes up with kind of the structure and the direction and where the, the, the builder is going to, going to take this thing. And then, you know, motion designer does it up. So yeah. I think that's an easy, the easiest way to think about it. Sure. Do you, do you have any like examples specifically of like, maybe like a, a art direction project and like the kind of responsibilities that you had? Because I, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that don't even know what an art director is or kind of like what they do day to day. So I'd just be kind of curious to hear what your side of that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, I guess, definition of the way that I work as an art director may not be the same way that some other art directors work because I've, I'm, it's pretty hands-on at the moment, probably just because I can't let go all the way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, um, so for example, I'll, I'll be working with an agency, let's say, and they'll come to me with a job. Um, usually it's a, either a producer or the creative director. And um, he'll come to me with the, the client and the direction and all that kind of stuff that they have um, initially. 
And um, as an art director, my job would be to take that um, initial direction from the creative director and create something visual from it that they can um, lead a team with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually that starts with style frames. Sometimes that'll go to animation tests um, that will, you know, I'll just be pushing like project files off to the team um, where they can take the, the, the direction that I've started with the, the art side and the visual side and they can, they can make it a finished product. That's usually um, how something will go with an agency anyway. Cool. So with that in mind and rolling back to thinking about you when you're back in the band and not really knowing what you want to do and someone who's possibly in that situation now, how, what's, what tips or advice would you give a young person thinking about getting into this industry to get them kickstarted? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I took such a, a what's the word for it? I was kind of oblivious um, to like the kind of decisions I was making and the steps I were taking to get to where I am now almost, at least at the very beginning. Because everything came kind of naturally and kind of showed itself to me almost, mm-hmm. um, which made the decisions or the decision making on my part a lot easier. Um, I think if someone were in my position at the time, um, I would say that it's super important to just focus on um, creating some long term goals for yourself, even if you don't really know what this career has in mind for you. Um, Because I think myself creating the goal to be a director, creative director, something like that at an agency at least gave me something to work towards. And then I was able to find what was um, not really vibing with my lifestyle. Um, And that kind of continuously creates a clearer and clearer picture for yourself um, and and the kind of future that you want to take. And you can manipulate those goals that you have for yourself. Um, And that's kind of what I've done up to this point. It's just kind of continuously focused in uh, little by little as I've learned more and more. And do you think that there, you should be looking to work with certain people to reach these goals? Or do you think that, that the resources are out there for you? You just got to go and find them. I think um, who you know is very important, especially like in any, in any job that has to do with, um, with the value of your name. Um, who you know is extremely important. So I think networking is is very, very, it's a very good thing to do, especially when you're um, in the start of your career. Um, so go out to NAB and Seagraph and, and all those things and, and just talk to people and make friends in the industry. A lot of things come from it. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm trying to work out how we... Uh how we'd sort of package it up for someone who is possibly living in a small town somewhere and thinking, Hey, where do I, mm-hmm. where do I get to start? And do you think that would essentially be go and find the agencies who are working in your area and knock on their door? Yeah, I would, I would, I mean, it's hard because I I'm lucky to live in St. Louis where there's at least a handful of agencies. Um, and uh, that at least gave me a, a start to, um, going in and doing internships and things like that. Um, that's an awesome way to figure out how uh, how the whole situation runs and what people's jobs actually are and how they kind of work with yours. Um, the online community is super cool. There's um, uh, School of Motion. 
Um, there's a lot of online resources, things like that, to at least get you started in your in your technical skills and things like that, which is so amazing because there's not a lot of industries that have that type of uh, thing available to you um, mm-hmm. like this one does, just because people have been really active in creating things for other people, which is awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's all just doing whatever you possibly can, no matter where you're living, to find the opportunities for yourself and make those opportunities happen, whether it be cold emailing, um, walking into any agency that you can, you know, even like getting uh, like an apartment in Chicago for a summer and working at an agency if you don't live in Chicago, you know, like something like mm-hmm. that, just taking those those extra steps <clears throat> to give you that, that extra uh, kickstart to maybe get you an agency somewhere get that career started that's the hardest part yeah and the nice thing is that we have this wonderful thing called the internet where everything is now decentralized and it's like basically (laughs) a numbers game right like i remember when Mm -hmm. i was trying to get a job out in california and i was in michigan and i was like miserable and i hated it and i was like i need to get out of here and so i literally just like i put so many applications out like i think it was like a hundred plus and literally the only company that i wanted to get back to me got back to me (laughs) which was like crazy and like really amazing and i like started my career from there um but it was it was just like to me it was like it was like a numbers game because like what i was doing before that was like i would apply here or if somebody you know like talked to me i'd apply there but i never like really thought about it as like literally a numbers game and i was like the internet's Mm -hmm. there like you can look it all up and you can just cold email these guys or even say like hey i'll work for you guys for free for like two months like give me a shot teach me what you know and then you know maybe something comes of that and if not you're gonna have all this great experience from one of the like the biggest studios you know oh definitely man cast the cast the wide net out there because it's really easy to do now mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so another thing that i thought was really really cool on your website i was kind of just going through it reading some stuff and i saw the transparency on your site i saw the little policy thing at the very top and oh, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's super interesting because a lot of people don't put that out there. And this is something that's just like changing in general, like the zeitgeist of like the internet, I guess. It's like people are being very like open. They're just kind of like sharing this stuff. And this is the first time I've personally seen like somebody just say like, hey, here's my rate. Here's how much I charge. Here's my policies. So how did, how did that come about? Like what was, what was the reason to, to put that out there like that? Um, I think the main reason was my wife really we all we talk about is business <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, we we just like love it so much it's just like something that really connects us together and so like sure. we're always sitting and chilling and talking about ways to make things work easier for each other mm-hmm. and that was just like a, a a thing that we both came up with just to make it easier on myself um just making things clear to my my clients it's just Searching on my site if they're kind of nervous, even a, a new client never hiring an art director or a motion designer before. Like I'm, I'm sure that that would be a crappy situation to be in. You know, you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know how the process goes, nothing like that. So, you know, the policies were one like a way to um, help my clients know my rate from the very beginning and the the way I work. So there's no issue going back and forth and if they have an issue with any of my policies they don't have to hire me and you know i don't have to deal with it mm-hmm. um and the other end was you know those those clients who are nervous about hiring someone for the first time and they don't know how to get into it mm-hmm. um it kind of makes the the thing the situation a little bit clearer and a little bit more stable in their mind and I mean, who knows it, it might get them to email me rather than 
going off and buying soft, something off of Fiverr, you know, something that's a little <laughs> yeah. like a little more transparent and clear and they know what they're getting into. Like I would, I just wanted to bring a little bit of that without being overboard and kind of weird about it too. Cause I, I don't think you can make someone feel uncomfortable just as easy. You can make them feel comfortable kind of giving yeah. that information out. So mm-hmm. it, it was, it was a fine line, but I, I think it's, it's helped me more than it's hurt me. I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed reading it just because it gives you a real sense of authority and you know what you're doing. Whereas mm-hmm. there are so, so many cowboys in the industry and for someone to be so upfront with things, it gives you that confidence in that, yeah, this guy actually kind of knows how to, how to do his job. But even from an agency point of view, you see agencies who are really coy about their rates and they charge lots of people different rates just based on who they are. Mm. And for you to be so upfront with it would definitely give me the, the confidence to, to reach out. Yeah, I just don't, I, won't, I don't want to have like the image of being a, a backdoor dude or anything like that either. Like it's all like, I just want everything on the table and everything to be easy. And it's just, it's supposed to be a fun situation. And so... Mm-hmm. Making that stuff kind of like a non-issue right off the bat just makes it fun from the very beginning, usually. Yeah, it's super smart. And did this come out of maybe having like too many clients? Was this something that like people just kept on asking you over and over to? Was that like part of the equation or not really? Not really. I think more so. Um, well, I think it's it it stemmed first from um, clients being confused on when I expected to be paid as far as net thirties, net forties, things like that. Cause there's a lot of different um, clients that have a lot of different policies on their end uh, on how they pay people. So it was always kind of like, well, this person's policy is this. So how am I going to, you know, try to persuade them and to order to get what I need, stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. putting it right in front of them from the very beginning gives me the first say almost on what I should be paid and how I should be paid. And if they want to work with me, then they're going to have to, if they have policies that contradict that, they're going to have to morph that around what I need instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. And what was the, the the rationale between going, hey, this is my day rate versus this is my hour rate or this is my project rate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, day rate <clears throat> seems the most valuable to me. Um, an hourly rate uh, needs to be usually like, I don't know, hourly rates just seem like small projects to me and it seems tedious and I just don't want to deal with hourlies. Um, and so a day rate is something that I can easily put on estimates and it's it's clear enough um, for clients to see. But I also, um, it, it, I don't have to do like a, a a project right for every single project. I don't know. It just makes, it just makes things simple. I just like simplicity, you know? And yeah. so like that, that day rate is just easy for me. It's like, if I work any time in the day for that day, like it's a day rate, um, whether I work like an hour or 12 hours, like it's a day rate. Like it's so, yeah. it's, I, it's, I can easily be like, okay, I'm going to spend like at least three days, um, figuring out this element, I'm going to spend like at least this many days doing this other element and it's going to take this many days to polish. And so mm. I can put that on an estimate. It's really easy. They can, it's granular enough to where they get it, but it's not overwhelming to them. They sure. see the price, you know, it, it's just, it works well. So the day rates is something I've, I've stuck with and it's, it's, 
it's flexible enough yet sturdy enough to where it just works the, the way I kind of do business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to to know sort of how much you're worth, but also to give yourself that buffer just in case mm-hmm. you do end up spending another few hours uh, having to investigate something. Definitely. I also give like different rates for on-site work and like my if, if they want me to work on-site, my rate goes up and my day rate. And if I'm uh, working from my home office, it's my normal day rate. So in that way, it kind of helps with that simplicity too. Mm, great. That's a really nice, really nice place for us to wrap that up. Um, cool. Some awesome, awesome insights there. But we just like to finish on just a question of sort of more of a lighter heart. Is uh, we've all had these sort of facepalm moments in our career where we've messed up somewhere or we've made a really huge mistake. And uh, <laughs> is there anything that you've sort of massively messed up anywhere that you've had to recover last minute? Hmm. Let me see. Or, or even like any advice that you would have for yourself from like when you were, you know like first starting out that you're like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. Like, doesn't necessarily have to be like a moment. Hmm. I can That's give you both an example. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Just put them on the spot. Uh, in, in my first job, I was working remotely for the first 10 weeks and the CEO, uh, the website I was working on was really, was really bad. And I was emailing my mother and was telling her how bad this website was. And then I accidentally sent the email to the CEO. <laughs> oh, no. man. And then he replied immediately. And I had to somehow pull it back and just pretend that I knew what I was doing, use loads <laughs> of technical jargon, and I got through it. Oh, that's golden. <laughs> that's like my yeah. worst nightmare. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't have any cool stories like that. Like, I feel like everything's been pretty boring as far as... Lucky man, lucky man. Yeah, guess so. I mean, except for like situations like the the money thing I told you about earlier and stuff like that. Like, there's been some weirdness, but man, never email the CEO like that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should. Uh, Maybe I should. (laughs) Have something to talk about on podcasts. All right, great. Well, Mitch, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It was such a fun chat. I know we had a little bit of uh, connection issues here and there, but it seems to have gotten smoothed out. So we're good to go. But thanks so much for giving us your time. We know that your time is valuable, that you got like 100 million things going on. You're a father, you're a husband, you got all that stuff. So we really, really appreciate your time. And thank you so much for being on the Noise Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right, Mitch. Thank you. Easy, really. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. We just wanted to ask you one quick favor. We work crazy hard to bring the guests on and all the work that goes with it. We only ask you two things. The first one, if you aren't already subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Whatever platform you're using, we're pretty much on all the platforms. And second is to just share it with somebody you think would enjoy it. That's all. It would mean so much to us. Thanks, everybody. Peace.